Hey everybody, welcome to Stuff Said, the show where I, Greg Shegel, a working cartoonist, talk to people in the world of comics, cartooning, and beyond. On today's show, the guest is Art Balthazar, who you may be aware of. But before I talk about Art, I want to address an elephant in the room. Those of you who are regular listeners might be thinking, hey, Greg sounds different. Something, something is awry. Yes, I am battling with laryngitis. Somehow, I have laryngitis, and it has affected my voice, and I sound like this. But I'm braving through, because I want to have this episode out on the day they come out, which is usually the 15th of every month. So, I may, after the fact, when my voice returns to its full power and glory, go back in, re-record this intro, replace this mp3 file with a cleaner better less whatever this is file but maybe i won't how about this you can you can tweet at me at stuff said show and you can tweet either oh yeah horse or oh yeah change it and the oh yeah will be in honor of our guest art Baltazar, who you probably know from tiny titans or tiny other things he also has done his own self-published work for many years and of course oh yeah comics both the comic and the store he works often with franco well most of the time almost always at this point anyway that's that's neither here nor there in this show i'm talking to art in another show i will talk to franco eventually it's on it's in the planning stages but art is awesome and we had a great talk little context which i don't normally do but a little context we met at a hotel room in chicago before the ala conference ala is the american library association art had some signings to do i was going just to check it out and i only mention that because it comes up that we're in a hotel room and that he is signing books so just to give you that bit of context otherwise i should probably stop talking so that my voice can come back. So I will stop talking like this, and I'll let the conversation play, and you'll hear what I normally sound like if you are a new listener. So here's me talking to Art Balthazar, starting right now. It says do not microwave this cup. I wouldn't do it then. Why though? I do it at home, maybe. Yeah, drink your coffee, get yourself ready. So Let's we start. are recording. Ah, awesome. So as I was prepping, when I prep for the shows, I try and think about, I try and imagine the conversation. Yes. Like, what's the conversation going to be like? And and try and map it out. And as I'm doing, I'm like, I don't know what this conversation. I don't know. <laughs> a conversation with art can go in any direction. Anything. It usually starts at one question, and then I talk 20 minutes, and I don't even know if I finished a question. Well, I have more than one question. Cool. Actually, I have less than questions, more sort of conversations. Nice. So we're going to talk. I could do that. Of course you can. Yeah, let's talk. All right. So I want to I start with <laughs> my first real experience with Art Balthazar. <laughs> That's was, me. Yeah, was hearing from Chris and Jacob, Chris Jerusalem and Jacob Shabbat, who had met you and Franco at Philadelphia Con. Yeah. It was a real Philadelphia. Yeah. And they came back. I'm like, you got to, these guys who do Tiny Titans, they are awesome <laughs> they have these they say all they say they call everybody sir <laughs> they say oh yeah to everything mm-hmm. and i will tell you for me personally at a certain point they kept saying oh yeah and sir and 
It was driving me nuts. I'm like, enough. Oh, they they brought it home with them? Constantly. It's contagious. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, come on. This is too much. And then we and then we actually did end up meeting at Acme Comics where you, oh, infected, that's right. everybody, you infected everybody there too. Yeah. Like for months afterwards, they were all saying, oh, I wanted, yeah. I remember I wanted to do a comic in, in the few hours we were there. Yes. So we had about 18 guys. We could have all did a page. Yeah, they could have had all booked on in an hour. You wanted to do a few <laughs> hours of stuff. You wanted to make a whole comic, and you were on no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So I want to start there. I want to start with you, as the you were you're coming off an all nighter. Yeah. At the time, you were working on Tiny Titans. Yeah. Either you had started, or you were working on the pitch for Tiny Titans Little Archies. Yeah. I think you had started Super Pets, but you weren't saying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You were writing with Franco. Uh, we were Shazam. writing Shazam, yeah. Okay, so that's... Maybe Young Justice, yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I was always working on four books at once, it seems like. So, I still am doing that stuff. That's what I want to <laughs> talk to you about. I want to start with that. So that's a lot of work. Yeah. All the time. Every and day. And you've been doing that, as far as I know, since, what, 92, 94? Yeah, I started... Like started self-publishing in 92? 90, my 94 is when my book came out, but I started in 92. And that was yeah. Cray Baby. Yeah. Right. And it just never stops. So that's over. It's 20 like, years next yeah. year. It's officially. It's been 20 years, but my book will be 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. Next year. 2014.com. <laughs> so it has to take its toll. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. Like, is there a part of your brain saying, once I do this, I'll rest? Or is it... I, here, I'll phrase the question like this. How much of what you do is I can't believe I'm getting away with this. There's a lot of that. Versus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> versus people have no idea how hard this is. Wow. There's a little bit of, of everything. Yeah. There's, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Happens a lot. <laughs> and I learned, don't ask questions. Just put what you want in the book and make the people laugh. And then they won't tell you to take it out because sure. it's funny. When you ask permission, they say no. You're allowing them to give you an answer. So I learned that by doing that that way, and now I don't ever ask anybody. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just make a book and put stuff in it that I want to be funny. And well, you've certainly gained you've gained people's trust to a certain yeah, on that front. Yeah. Yeah. And and with uh, I know n not everyone could do it. I went a long time without trying to get any responsibility so I could live this lifestyle. <laughs> so <laughs> I had roommates and I would sell whatever I had to sell. My, I'd sell my car. I would take the bus. I would work crappy jobs. I would break up with girlfriends and I would purposely not want a, any responsibility at all so I could do this full time. Sure. And to do it now, it's kind of cool. That's all I do full time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I work at home. And I see my kids and my family. I have a house and everything. But um, it is a constant. I wake up, make coffee. I work all day till it's dinner time. And then kids go to bed and I work till three in the morning. So if you like to do that, you can do it. But I don't know if everyone can. So what, you know? what parts are counted when you're thinking, I can't believe people have no idea how hard this is. What are those parts? What's the hard part? The hard part is staying up all night, meeting the deadline, but it's not hard to do comics for me. It right. feels real natural. I just, I just do them. I do them. I got, I got three sketchbooks here just because I carry one in my pocket and this one I carried all over. To, I have one here that I carried around the show today just in case. <laughs> if I get an idea, I write it down. And so I always have something to write with on me or, or in a book or something. 
So it's not a thing that I it's not a thing that I do. It's a thing that is my life. I wake up sure and it's just what it is. Well, it is comics. Yeah, I mean, there's, there are comedians that, that talk about that, where you yeah. know, they, they always knew they wanted to do stand-up, and the first time they go on stage, it's like, that's it. I'm never not doing this. Right. Like, I have to do this <laughs> right, yeah. forever. But it's it just, you know, I think about, you know, because I, I write and draw, yeah. and we all know people that do it. Yeah. But you seem to be more almost like a machine that does it. <laughs> like, where, where, where there's almost, not necessarily an addiction, but it might be. Like it just does. It never stops. It never stops. The only other person I've heard of that that maybe is like that is Sergio Argonis. Yeah. Who I don't know, but we talked to him once at Comic Con, and he had just gotten out of the hospital. This was last year. This was in 2012. Yeah. He had just gotten out of the hospital, and he said that in the hospital, once he was able, he started drawing hospital cartoons. Yeah, I was in I was in a hospital (laughs) last year, and I had my wife bring my sketchbooks and markers and stuff. And, And what kind of stuff came out of that? I just doodles, but I still did them. I had to. It's you can't, you can't go a day. I can't go a day without drawing something, without writing something, without doing something. And writing is that literally writing out words, or just you know generating sketches of like little sketches, thumbnail sketches, writing phrases and dialogue and stuff. Coming up with weird names for things. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it happens all the time. And and speaking of Sergio, I met him a few years ago. And it was the fir- year when we won the first Eisner. And the party, we went to a party the day before the Eisners. And he was there. And we were both signing in a guest book. Kind of like, a, you know, when you go to weddings. Sure. You sign your name and stuff. But he had a guest sketchbook because the room's full of artists. I mean, Sergio was there. And the guy who created Joker, Robinson. Jerry Robinson. Jerry sure. Robinson was there. Sergio, Stan Sakai were there. There was a whole bunch of guys there that... I fell out of place because we call it the legendary party to this day. So when I saw Sergio go to sign the book, I asked him if I could draw draw with him at the same time. Can we right. sign the thing together? And he said, uh, sure. What, what do you want to draw? I said, how about Batman or Robin? He goes, which one do you want? And I said, I was drawing Tiny Titans. I said, I'll do Robin because I could kind of do it with my <laughs> eyes closed and watch him draw Batman. <laughs> and so um, while we're drawing, I'm watching him going, oh, my God. And our hands almost touched, like our the hair on his arm touched my hand. <laughs> and he was lefty, I'm righty, so I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And then he's he stopped. He goes, what's wrong? I better stop, let you catch up. And I said, Sergio, you're the only one who could tell me that. <laughs> and I will not challenge you. <laughs> so, so we finished the thing. He shook my hand, walked away, and I started crying. Really? <laughs> and my wife's like, what happened? I said, nothing. I just got to draw Sergio with side Sergio, that's never going to happen in my lifetime. It's never going to happen again without there was a moment that was there. And then she left and she went to go talk to Sergio, speaking Spanish to him. And then I'm watching her I'm like, what's she doing? And so she came back to my table and started, you know, like nothing. And then Sergio came, put his arms around me and just kept hugging me and shaking me. <laughs> I'm like, man. So he made it worse. I you cried some more. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day we won the Eisner, and then he goes, my friend, come here. I'm like, wow. So whatever she told him, he believed her. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. So you still don't know to this day what she said? Uh, I kind of do, but... I mean, you don't have to tell. You don't have to no, tell. No, it just, he was an inspiration and all that, but I don't yeah. know. You know, it probably translate really, really good in Spanish. Sure. <laughs> and was was that, I mean, you know, in interviews you talk about how you love the superhero stuff and yeah. Adam West Batman, but how much Mad Magazine and, and I, humor stuff were you? I didn't read so much. I read a lot of... Uh, 
Don Martin stuff. Right. But I always read the comics that were in those little trade paperbacks that you get in school. Okay. Like Heathcliff comics. Sure. And I got some of the Mad Magazine jokes that way. I got most of them like that. I didn't read a lot of Mad. I read a bunch of Al Jaffe stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. He had these like, little Al Jaffe collections. Yeah. I devoured a, those. They were hilarious. The guys who had the crooked feet. The yeah, feet would Don bend Martin, over. Sure. Yeah, I read a lot of his stuff. And Sergio's too in the panels of the, in the borders of the, yeah. con- in the magazines. I had a handful of them, but not a ton. I wouldn't go every month to buy them like I did with superhero books. Right. And, and Superman and X-Men and stuff. So, okay, so that's going to transition us into... <laughs> oh, yeah, transition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, in your early work... Again, not to retread mm-hmm. stuff that you've talked about in other interviews, and people can look for those. They're everywhere. They're all over the place. I looked at them. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> I got a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and you have a podcast. But you've talked about how when you first got out of college. Yeah. And it was an interesting thing. There's, an, there's a video of you talking about college. Yeah. We'll talk about this, and then we'll talk about your early work. How you talked about how you made... You, know, you were going to art school. You wanted to be a cartoonist. Yeah. And clearly, those are two separate things. Yeah. There's Art school is technique and painting and, and yeah. art. Mm-hmm. And cartooning is a whole different animal that some people understand and a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't get it. Yeah. Tons of people don't get <laughs> More it. More people don't get it than do. Yeah. And they think, well, that's a nice hobby. Yeah. But you, you, your line was, I, I made the school what I wanted it to be. Yep. It's true. So what, what, what were you doing to make the school what you wanted? What, how did you transform the experience of art school to turn it into cartooning school for you? Before there were, because at that point, what, there was SVA maybe? There was a Disney school. Right. I think in New Jersey. Or maybe Florida. I know there was a school in New Jersey and a school in Florida. But I forget what they were called. But Joe Kubert school would have been Joe New Jersey. Joe Kubert, yeah. But I know there, that was probably it then. It was That one, it was a Disney school. I remember a Disney school somewhere. Ringling had a connection to that. Yeah, Sarasota. maybe that's it. Yeah, okay. right? And those were the two I chose. But I didn't want to leave Chicago. I like Chicago. I was, yeah. I'm born and raised here. I love it. And I didn't have no desire to leave. And I knew I could do what... It doesn't matter what school you go to to me it's what you know how to do and you could go to any school you could go to any school and learn law it's the laws same everywhere you could go to learn uh be a football player you're going to be as good as you are at any school you could do be a doctor the medicine's same everywhere so that's my idea I'm going to go be an artist, and I'm going to be the same guy no matter where I go, and I'm going to learn what I learn no matter where I go. So I went to Columbia. It was either Columbia College or the American Academy of Art. And we, me and my dad visited both places. And I really, really liked American Academy of Art because they were doing some awesome paintings and illustration. And then when I went to Columbia, they had a better degree. It's a Bachelor of Arts degree. So that was the one moment I think, I better get that Bachelor of Arts degree. I should probably get that. That might help me. So I went and got it. And when I started going to school, I was following the illustration curriculum. You know, I took the first two, I don't know if it was the first two semesters or first year and a half or two years, followed it, the the strategy. They said, you got to take this, you got to take that. Can't take this class until you take that class. And then... um. I was digging that for a while, but then and when I was going to schools early, it was between 87 and 92. So illustrators were taught traditionally. I was taught how to draw from models on easels. Yeah. I know how to paint. I paint standing up, like 
Picasso and Rembrandt did. And Bob Ross. And Bob, yeah, that's the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the way I paint. And and I learned how to draw that way when I draw with. Were you I learned how like to, those saddles? Yeah. Okay. I drew a charcoal pencil, and yeah. my fingers were all dirty. I went to art school for a month, so I have that yeah. experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I drew, and all my artboards were always tilted, even when I was sitting. They were always up, like traditional. And um, it was funny because when I was drawing the models, I never knew this, but the teacher said how are you drawing with both hands? I'm like, no, I'm not. And she said, yeah, you, you are. You're drawing with, with two hands. I'm like, no, how can? And I looked, and both my hands were filthy with lead. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow. And she said, it's like you're sculpting while you draw. And like, I, I stand up on easel, and I would draw with both hands. I would draw. like, And I didn't realize I was doing it until she pointed it out. Were you drawing with both or, like, smudging with the I was, other? I had a pencil in each hand, a, a stick. A charcoal stick in each hand. Wow! And I right. was, I was, the right hand is the one that was doing everything. But I think the left hand was shading and was forming things, drawing loose. Like I used to study in college. I studied Rembrandt's, but I not his finishes, but his sketches. Yeah. And that's how I learned to draw by looking at Rembrandt sketches. I would go to artists to just look at his lines, and I think that's why I just said I'm just going to draw like that and. Looks like that's how he drew with two two hands. <laughs> so it's it's funny that you bring up figure drawing because yeah, I've seen you draw at at conventions and that's very quick. I mean you're, yeah, you're just tearing it up. But then I've seen there's again video online of just like really glimpses of you working on Superman Family Adventures and there's a construction under those drawings. Yeah, oh like yeah, you're building your figures. Yeah, which is very different than how the figure drawing. Figure drawing is shadows and light and forms. You still need to draw the stick. The stick skeleton underneath. Yeah, I just I remember yeah. when I the, for the brief time I was in art school, we they'd be like, "All right, here's a three hour pose," and I'd be done very quickly because I had read how to draw yeah. comics the Marvel way, and I built my yeah. forms. Yeah, you, know, you draw the stick, but then you build the shapes, and then you mm -hmm. you're done. Like there it is. It was cartooning. It wasn't. Yeah. And I just couldn't wrap my head around that kind of thing. So, when did you learn that stuff? The construction, the cartooning construction. I, I like learned it, had it to have been before that. Yeah, right? I knew. I I was drawn. I started creating my own characters in fifth grade, yeah. so it never stopped. And so when I was at Columbia taking their classes, I realized that, oh, I was going to say it when I was there, if you're, you're an illustrator or you're a graphic designer. So the kind of the, the school is split. Right now you go to school and it's all all computer. Right. It's all hand in hand now. If you know how to, you, you, take, you take life drawing, but then in a half hour you got to go to computer class. When I went, I, I didn't take one computer class. I went there for almost five years, four and a half years. I didn't take one computer class ever because I didn't have to because I was an illustration major. Right. But then when I started, uh, I didn't like the way it was going because they wanted me to take a few classes that I wasn't interested in. Then when I found out I could be a liberal arts, I'm like, okay, I could take anything I want. So then when I said I wanna, I knew I wanted to draw comics make children's books and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I need to take writing classes. I need to take drawing classes, painting classes, because that's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's how I structured my, I, that's how I made my, my college a cartoony college. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when, I, when I learned, to, uh, it was funny because when I learned drawing, I would draw loose. My, all my drawings were real loose. And I would draw the whole, I would draw a sketch. I would sketch out everything on the page, but... I wouldn't finish like a spot here and a spot here and a spot here. I would concentrate like start at his face, the care the model's face, and shade all around that. So whenever I 
if I didn't finish a drawing, it looked finished. I never had to go back to it. Okay. And that's when you look at Rembrandt's and even uh, Da Vinci's drawings. He always they always start in one spot and complete it, and they kind of like circle it. And the further you get away from the center of the drawing, the the lighter the pencil marks get. Right. And that's the way I was taught to draw. Huh. Yeah. And then I, because when I went to school, I, I had a really good teacher. Some few of them were really good, and one guy um told me that. He wanted an, an old master that you wanted to draw like and a new master that you want to draw like. So my two picks were Rembrandt and Drew Struzan. I said, nice. I want to know their techniques. <laughs> so I learned how to paint by studying Drew Struzan. So you can't, I don't know if you could tell, <laughs> but I know how he does all that stuff. That's awesome. And once I learned that he, the illustrators use an artograph machine to blow up stuff and a mm-hmm. projector, that turned me off. I, I hated that because huh. I felt like, I felt like they're more talented than that, but I know that they use that for speed because you want to draw a, a portrait of Harrison Ford to do tomorrow morning. You're going to trace his face. <laughs> it's, it, it makes sense. Look at there's some guys in comics who do that. Yes. <laughs> so you know I don't want to ruin their their secret, but that is how you do it. Is it so much I of didn't a secret anymore? That. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to yeah. do that no more. And once I found that that technique, I'm like, nah, I don't like this. Back to the school stuff. Yeah. And I, and I totally get the school stuff because I went to a regular college. I have a degree in advertising. Yeah. But I took children's literature classes. I, all my ads were comics. I wrote yeah. papers in com- like, as comics. Like it was, you, made, you turned the school into what you want the school to be. Yeah. You, 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 and now all the teachers know that you're the one guy <laughs> in class who's not going to do the project what he wants. And I've always disagreed with my teachers. In the first two years, I did what they want, and then it— you turn into an, an ad, and I end up turn, you know, clipping pictures of Michael Jordan to a shoe ad. And I'm not, I don't care about gym shoes and basketball <laughs> shoes, but I would do that so because that's what he wanted in the class. And then as I got older, it's my third and fourth year in college, I would do everything that I disagreed with all the teachers, and it drove everyone nuts. But I still got A's, and when I it was funny because my A's were all in the first two and a half years. And then I started getting B's and C's the second two years because I was disagreeing with the teachers. <laughs> but I, it was weird. I was like, no, I'm right, not you. It's my artwork. Yeah. You mentioned Disney schools. Yeah. How much, how much was Disney stuff infiltrated into you? Because there are a lot of people that sort of choose yeah. you know, Looney Tunes versus Disney or, or make these calls. I, I always liked all of it. But Disney, I think, had a stronger influence. I mean, just the look of it. Everything's so pretty. Yeah. The structure is so strong. Yeah, I'm a fan of Mickey and Donald, of course, the sure. black and white ones. But I really like the way the Snow White and Bambi backgrounds look, how they Incredible, were painted. Yeah. yeah. So I like that stuff, but my influence is more and more Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tunes and Woody Woodpecker. And But I watched it all, and especially my favorite Disney movies, Dumbo. Dumbo and Pinocchio is what I like the best out of all of them. It's Dumbo with the saddest scene in almost all of movies. Yeah, right? <laughs> that trunk coming down and that yeah. tear. That's brutal. Yeah, that's harsh. Yeah, it's that rough. Harsh. And this is mama gets shot, or she gets killed, right? They choke her, um, or they no, they just lock her up. They lock her up, and she oh goes, yeah, she's she at goes, the end. Yeah, because she she's goes, waving a little flag yeah, at the end. Yeah, she goes nuts, and then uh, they lock her it's up. Bambi's mama gets killed. Yeah, she cradles, she cradles Dumbo in her, oh, in her trunk. I want to watch that now. And then what it gets me every time? Oh, it hurts to watch it. Pinocchio when he goes, Father! Oh my God! <laughs> oh, Pinocchio! <laughs> Ah, oh, and he lost, he loses his boy. I remember when I was a kid, feeling that. Now it's worse because I'm a dad. Ah, oh, 
It's terrible. Have you read the actually original <laughs> book, Pinocchio? No, I just Disney movie. It's something. It's is different. It? Pinocchio's a jerk. Is it like a grim fairy tale? It's not. He's a bratty kid. He's he's <laughs> terrible. He is a complete jerk. He never learns anything. He'll do ter. He. Spoiler alert for anybody listening to this. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket does not make it. He gets smashed almost instantly. By that donkey boy? No, by Pinocchio. The <laughs> <laughs> donkey yeah, boy Lampwick, sucks. Lampwick, uh, Lampwick doesn't make it either. <laughs> a lot of people don't make it through that wow. thing. Wow. Pinocchio gets hanged at one point. I don't know all that. Yeah, it's 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 a good book, but he is a terrible child. So I got to remind not to keep, not to give it to my kids. That'll yeah. destroy their destroy Yeah, the all Disney hopes. version's softer. It's rough though. I used to like watching the water with with the whale. Yeah. Monstro is yeah. his name? Yeah. I used to like watching the water scene. In the book, it's a shark. Is it really? Yeah. A big giant shark. Wow. It's like crazy. Jaws. Something like that, I guess. There's no pi- mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there's some pictures, but you don't really see the... I guess, which ver- I guess it depends which version you get. This is true. I suppose. I'm frightened right. a little bit. So you finished school, and you want to work in comics. And you've yeah. talked about how you were sending work to the big publishers, Marvel, DC, yeah. etc. Now, the artwork at the time... In yeah. the early 90s, would have been Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, yeah. Todd McFarlane. Were you trying to draw that way, or were you saying, this is how I draw, bring it on? I was trying to draw. I, there was real cartoony stuff, but I was drawing a little more detail than I do now. But I was, I was just showing pencils. It was right. weird. I was trying to do break in the way everyone breaks in. Sure. I was showing pencils, and they weren't, they weren't better than Jim Lee and those guys. <laughs> So that's why I never got hired. And everyone who looked at my stuff said, you're too cartoony. The business is not cartoony. And uh, God bless baby Jesus when (laughs) Batman animated series showed up. And then everyone was like, wow, look at this. You know, somebody's listening upstairs. So now all of a sudden, comic books are turning cartoony. And so that, that was kind of like an opportunity. I saw the change where soon I'll probably be doing something. But... Soon took a while. Yeah, I, d- I you never. Mean, you, you were doing your own thing. Yeah, my own thing. Yeah. But once I once I started showing my portfolio to people, I did that for like a year, and then I never showed it again. I just said I'm never going to work for Marvel or DC, or I'm going to have to do this all by myself. But you did find your way into the world of licensed publishing. Yeah, which is which is I I've done that. Yeah, plenty. It's 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 the work nobody knows about. And it's the best cartooning work in a lot of ways. Yeah, pays better. Yeah, it's, but you have to draw in a specific style. So yeah, you can, you are capable and it's quite hard. Capable it's, it's hard it for me. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Then let's talk about that. Yeah, it's real hard. So you did a lot of Warner Brothers stuff. Yeah, right. I I auditioned for. I don't think I ever said this before. I auditioned. I got the Warner Brothers job, but I was working with an art studio had the account already, so I was one of the artists. So at first, I was drawing all the backgrounds. I wasn't allowed to touch Bugs Bunny's face. Because if I did, it wouldn't look right. It would look like I drew it. Yeah. So he would look like Bugs Bunny, but are like, wait, why does he look a little different? So I got the the hang of the uh, Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain, okay. where I, I could draw them and they could look like them. So I got away with that. But after that, I auditioned for. Um, I did that for maybe almost three years. I did. Yeah, like coloring Bugs books, Bunny books, coloring yeah. books. It was fun. Plus, I was part of the, an art studio, so if they needed coloring, I would color this and. I would, when it comes to drawing and inking, I was more like a, I was more of a layout guy. When it came to coloring books, I would lay out the whole book in a day. 
and I would and then somebody else would put it on amaze everybody, and then if someone would draw Bugs Bunny, and then someone would fix the faces, and then we'd be done. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, no one knows, but I auditioned for after Bugs Bunny, I auditioned for Scooby Doo, didn't get the job. I auditioned for Curious George, didn't get the job. I uh, auditioned for Rugrats. I'm just gonna. They all finished with didn't get the job, but I <laughs> I auditioned for Rugrats, Family Guy, huh. um, Cat Dog. Ah, I got a, I got my job. You got Cat it, Dog. SpongeBob. Those were my two. That, that I did thought, a test with those guys. Yeah, SpongeBob guys said they love it, but it it's too stylized. Everything I did was too stylized. The one job I got, uh, this is from what I understand. I don't think it's. I don't want to say this is correct. According to me, I got the job drawn Arthur, that little artwork. Sure. And I submitted a whole bunch of stuff, and I got it. And they're like, all right, cool. Here's the schedule. We're going to do all this. And then I got taken off the project and replaced by the creator of Arthur. He, okay. he wanted to draw the book. So that's the one that. victory. I'm like, cool. I'm like, I got replaced by a guy who wanted to draw him, the guy who created him. So I'm like, I think I came close then. So I'm like, oh, I think I was good enough. Or he could have said, damn it, nobody could draw him like me. So he did. So I look at that as that's the one time where I came real close to drawing someone else's character. So <laughs> he got replaced by the guy who invented him. So the cha- <laughs> what's the challenge for you in terms of, you know, if you're, if you're able to learn to draw like Rembrandt and paint yeah. like Drew. Yeah. Where is, where is the hiccup, if there's a hiccup, in, in trying to draw, say, Cat Dog? Like what's happening? It, can you even explain what's happening in your brain or in your hand where it's not doing what you, you know want it's, it to do? It's weird because uh, when I have to draw licensed characters, I have to focus real... It's real different. It's more of a struggle. I have to draw a face. It takes me real long to draw the character. And it's just... I don't... Is it a, is I don't it, enjoy is it. Is it the structure of the thing or is it the finish the finishing line that's sort of... Or is it both? It's everything. Okay. From the beginning to the end. But if I get the... If I get the pencil the right way, and then he looks good, then I ink it, and the line's too thick because right. my ink lines are kind of thick. So I'm like, oh, I can't. It's harder to do. And any time I ever got that job, and everybody always told me that I'm too stylized. I'm better off doing my own characters. Yeah. Because they look when I draw my own guys, they look the right way. Of course. <laughs> you know. But but it's kind of cool that lately I've been getting jobs where. I'm drawing licensed characters, but they're in my own style yeah. now. So that's a big break that I'm I'm so happy. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> it did, and, and I'm so grateful for that. How did you transition from doing the licensed stuff to the work you were doing with Disney Adventures? I mean, were you doing licensed stuff for Disney Adventures? Because that's also a, f- a weird transition to go from one yeah, to Yeah, I did Disney. a few. Uh, with Disney, I, I really wanted that job. Because I, after I got married, I wasn't working. Because my wife told me, just stay home and figure out how to, how to make a living at a cartoonist. That's a very supportive wife. <laughs> she was awesome. <laughs> she, was, she was making enough money for herself, and she had a house even before she met me or before we got married. So it was easy for me not being a, a heavy spender. <laughs> I didn't really buy things. I didn't do a lot. I didn't order <laughs> stuff online. So it was easy for me to just... For her to add me to her life. How much were you like <laughs> wimpy from the Popeye comics? Like, just you just want a hamburger? Yeah, I'm glad a you pay you Tuesday Ooh. for a hamburger today. That'd be all right, you know. I ate more. Sp- no, I started eating spinach later. But, <laughs> but when, 
I met her and we were dating. I hated my job. I was and it was a, it was a good job too. I was getting paid really good. And I was doing um advertising pieces for Ace Hardware and Sunday Paper. And I just hated the job because it was graphic design. There's nothing creative, but I just don't get it. Like, I don't, they don't need me. I'm wasting my time. I upset graphic designers when I say that graphic design <laughs> is like using color forms. Yeah. Like, you're just putting things in position, and then you, you send it away. You're not really... A little bit. Yeah. Like, when you're doing a catalog, especially. When you're doing a fancy magazine, I guess, I don't know. That's all the same. It wasn't Clip for art me. and and cropping. Yeah. It's so dismissive. That's... <laughs> yeah, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I rather draw the clip art designs. Yeah, and have people buy those, but or I even tried tattoo art for a little while, uh, trying to get it. It was hard to do. It wasn't a lot of money. You get fifty bucks for something. Nah, it's a good, <laughs> it was hard to do. I'd rather do these comics for yeah. zero dollars. I'd rather sell years. one comic for three bucks. Yeah, for, I could sell ten of them. That's pretty good. <laughs> but we were. Uh, I would come home real. I would, I would complain about that job, and then that's when my wife told me just quit, and then. Before I quit, I, I told the story a, long, a bunch of times. Before I quit, I walked into the boss's office, the big owner of the company, and he had a nice office. And I sat and talked to the guy for about two hours before I, I left. Wow. Showed him my portfolio, brought it for him to see, see what he had to say. And he even said, um, what are you doing working there? I said, I don't know. I need a job. And he goes, you should work. You should draw comics. You should leave. And I said, can I quit? He goes, when? I said, right now. I want to go home. He goes, yeah, go ahead. Nice. And so when I left, my boss was looking for me because I was gone for two hours. <laughs> she, where were you? And I said, I'm talking to Bob here, whatever his name was. <laughs> like, that's Mr. Sullivan, you know, whatever. And then uh, I said, she goes, you got work to do. No, nah, I'm going to go home. She goes, you can't quit. You got to give two-week notice. And she looked at the boss. He goes, let him go. And then that's it. I left. I took my coffee cup and walked out. <laughs> so ever since then, I went home. And then I had, that's, it was summer. So San Diego's coming. So I flew out there. And I was, my whole goal was to find the editors, talk to them. I knew Nickelodeon was there and Disney Adventures and whoever else I could find. And that's how I met the Disney guys. And I just bugged them. So Steve Bailing that you met? Yeah, Steve, yeah. I I hijacked the table and when he came by, I schmoozed him and gave him a bunch of cards and drawings. And I drew him a Nick Fury and crayons. So so Gorilla Gorilla wasn't first, right? You had to get to Gorilla Gorilla. Yeah, I, I told him that, I told him that. You could go home now. He's like, why? So you found the best cartoonist in the room. There's no one in here that's better than me. And, and he didn't know your work. He didn't know He never met you. me okay. before. And I said, you could hire me now and you could go home. We could go have a pizza. We're done. And he goes, what? And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for you. I want to work for you real bad. And that's why I flew out here. And he said, uh, okay, send me stuff. And I sent him something every, every week. I wrote some drawings, doodles, draw stuff on napkins, paper bags. So what's the, first, what's the first thing he gave you? They gave me um, a few one-pagers that they needed by by Monday morning or something. They get this, and you know, they gave Friday. Fr- Friday at 6.30 in the evening. We need this Monday morning. So I would, there was just one-page gag. The joke was already made, but yeah. I had to draw it and color it and ink it and all that. And that's it. I, I did like three of those. And then he invited me to audition for a comic strip. But it couldn't be, like, it couldn't be Patrick the Wolf Boy or Pet Cray Babies or Lunar Lizard or something I had before. It had to be a brand new something that nev- no one's ever saw before. Yeah. And so I pitched him, uh, like, 15 ideas. Of course you did. And then he told me that later on I found out about a year or two later, he said out of all, the, he asked, like, 12 people or a few handful of people. But I was the only one who sent him more than one idea. And I'm like, really? 
And he says, I said, well, I wanted you give you those chances to say 14 no's and one yes. <laughs> and then he says, yeah, that's why you got the job, because you obviously wanted the job. I said, I told you. I told you when I met him, I wanted, I wanted it. But that was a tough gig to get an original strip in Disney Adventure. Yeah, it's hard because the hair pair was in there. And the hair was at the hair pair, a, a, a gerbil and a hamster. Okay. By Charlie LaGreca. And okay. then um, the little boy, Gravity, Gravity Kid? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Kid Gravity, right? Kid Gravity, yeah. That was, that was Eric and Landry. Yeah, Eric yeah. and Landry. That's right. Yeah, those three. I think me and Eric and my strip and Eric and Landry's strip are the two that they picked. I think Hair Pair was already in there. Well, they're the ones that got collected into their own yeah. special volumes. Yeah, they had four books. One was Mickey, one was Lilo and Stitch, one was Mickey and Goofy, and one was uh, Gorilla Gorilla, and then Kid Gravity. So that was cool. We were part of the Disney system. So yeah, now, I, only did, yeah. I only did one job for Disney Adventures, a Toy Story three-pager. Oh, cool. And then, But I did all my stuff for Nickelodeon. I was a Nickelodeon Yeah, you were the Nick guy, guy yeah. yeah. So how much how much did you guys notice us? Because I'll tell you right now, the only thing I knew about Disney Adventures was Steve was there because I knew him from Marvel. Yeah, that's right. But that was it. Because like, he was a Stan Lee intern or something, right? Something like that. The only, <laughs> I, just, I remember I wanted to draw Spy Kids comics. Mm-hmm. And they were Disney Adventures, and he wouldn't—he wouldn't let me do it because Christine Nori was doing them. And I'm like, oh. "Son of a!" I mean, they were—they looked great, but I love those movies. I just wanted to draw that. He's like, yeah, they were Kim cool. Possible? Lava Girl and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to draw Kim Possible. I want to draw the Spy Kids. Yeah, I drew Herbie Herbie comics too. That's right, you did do those with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Now, was there anything? <laughs> was there, okay, so did, clearly it wasn't a likeness. Did any no, of that they didn't go through approval. Nothing. They I mean, sent me Disney. a style guide with images. Like, they had a girl's face, but really no body. Like, it was just an image of a girl in a car. Yeah. So I had to create, based on that image, I made the characters based on the people they had. Did you get to draw Michael Keaton? Because he played her dad in that. Yeah, that's right. No, I drew her and her her friend was in there. The guy, the actor, I don't know his name, but he always plays the guy who kind of likes the girl. And then by the end of the movie, the girl falls for him and then they fall in love. Could be it's anybody. always that could guy. Be a lot of yeah. guys. That's always his role. <laughs> and but he was the boyfriend in it. And then we wrote that Marvel style too. It was kind of cool because they told me what has to happen on every page, so I would draw it, and then the the dialoguer would go in and write story. It was kind of cool. I forget who wrote those though. Probably Steve. Maybe, maybe John Green. Maybe might have been John Green. Might have been. We could name a bunch of names. Yeah, no one knows what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Who's listening to this? Look at at Meg. Check your old Disney Adventures magazines. All those guys are in there. I I forget. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, and then then that and Patrick. Yeah. Were the things that led you to the the DC gig. Yeah, Wolf Boy. Patrick the Wolf Boy was the one that got me all the jobs. And you're nonstop working. Yeah. I'm a nonstop working. Never not working. Always where I'm working right now. This is kind of part of my job. But now, sure, <laughs> part of mine too. Because my kids are like, you're going to the book fair? Yeah. Why? What are you going to do? And my daughter says, you're going on vacation. No, <laughs> I got a hotel, but I got to go schmooze. I brought my ties. <laughs> yeah, we were in collared shirts. That's right. We're looking like professionals. I got black shoes on today. <laughs> now, all of that has led to Tiny Titans. And, and yeah. not to, to dismiss it, but plenty has been said about your work since 2007. Yeah. And what has become the, the powerhouse of Art and Franco. Yeah, it's going to be pretty crazy. But it clearly wasn't always the case. And now I want to talk to you about reputation and perception. <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. All right. So there is, as, we, as I talked at the very beginning, 
Chris and Jacob came back from Wizard World Philadelphia talking about yeah. these two characters. You got to see these guys. Jacob's known as Jacob Chapa. Exactly. G. Russo, yeah. So <laughs> he's got like, fabulous hair. clearly, I mean, you guys, you guys dress in outfits. Yeah. That people don't wear on the street. Big no. ties, colors, vests. Yep. You have you have sayings, yeah. catchphrases. Yeah. How long was that? How long did that take to build that that stage presence? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. We're we're on stage. <laughs> yeah. And and when I first did a show, I sat there. The first show I ever did, I split it with a friend, and all of a sudden, he wanted to make. We're publishers. We need shirts. We need titles. We need business cards. And I'm thinking, I just want to sell the comic. Nobody cares about business cards and names and fancy titles. So I want to draw a comic. So he bought shirts for everybody, and I didn't like it. It looked weird. It looked like we're a bank or something. And I was the only guy who wore like a Superman T-shirt. He's like, "What are you doing? You're out of. You're not. I said, no, no, no. I'm not. It's weird. I'm not. We're not corporate. We're just a bunch of guys who are trying to." fool everybody <laughs> and meanwhile you got to go back and work at burger king you know i'm not doing this so that was one time i ever split a table with uh somebody with all those guys and yeah. then it's, it's supposed to be me and one me and my one friend but he brought like six guys like, here's the treasurer here's the vice president here's the oh gee so he's probably gonna hear this shut up baltazar you didn't say i hate name. you or her name no or her name it was a girl yeah yeah <laughs> no but um so I knew that you can't just sit behind your table and hope somebody walks up to you and picks up your book and talks to you. Yeah. And I learned early on you can't tell people when they pick it up, you say, oh, my books are only three bucks. You can't. I never tell people how much they are until they ask me. And that's a big tactic I just know as a shopper. Me and my wife, now we, do, we go to antiquing, flea markets. We just look at stuff, garage sales. And if you want it, you're going to buy it. Even if someone asks, if you ask someone a price, they're going to tell you. But if you don't ask price, it means you don't want it. So I just know that mentality. So lots of the comics, there's a lot of psychology that I had to learn to get people to pay attention to what I have at my table. Like bright colors are always good. Sure. You have to dress the way your table looks. So if people are coming to your table and you're – you got bright color stuff, but you show up with dirty hair and your holes in your pants and you you stink and your girlfriend's playing a Game Boy. No one's going to want your stuff. <laughs> but if you, you got that same table and you show up and you have a, a purple outfit on and a green hat and your girlfriend's standing there smiling with her hands behind her back, someone's going to you're going to look very approachable. It's kind of like um, what I used to do early on. I would never sit. I didn't sit for the first 12 years of my career. And I would stand behind the table with my arms behind my back. Because psycholo- like psychologically, if you, I don't know if it's instinctual, it's instinct. If you have your arms folded. Oh, yeah, that's very defensive. No one's going to yeah. approach you because you're blocking them. If you have your hands behind your back, people are going to ask you, hey, do you know where this so-and-so street yeah, is? Yeah, you're leaving yourself uh-huh. open. Yeah, and I used to stand with my hands to the side, open like face my palm facing out. Like, like the, if I'm like praying, the Da Vinci, the da Vinci yeah. man. Okay. Yeah, like if I'm saying Our Father, you know, I would, I would stand like that at shows. And not only that, but I would rock back and forth. I would rock really? real slow. Yep, because okay. when people are walking down an aisle and they see movement, their heads automatically going to turn, 
and then you make eye contact and you wink and just smile. <laughs> and then they come and talk to you. And it happened that would go, and I, when I first would Nobody do, ran screaming like, this guy's a pervert. No. Okay. And I'd and say, and, they'd get, and then when they look at it, I was gone. And you just do the head nod or wink or whatever. Show them your teeth. Smile. Yeah, yeah. And so I've told Franco those tactics, and I've shared them with another friend of mine, my friend Marshall. It, and Marshall, my friend Marshall, was having a real bad show once. And I said, well, what do you, how, what do, you do to try to sell? He was selling shirts. And his shirts were cool. They were good, cool shirts. And I said, what, what do you do to try to sell? And he'd tell me, he just sits there and points, hey, this is this. I go, no. I said, first of all, here, put this shirt on. Take the shirt off you're wearing and put one of your shirts on. And he goes, okay, now stand up and do that whole thing. And he came back. He said, I just made 15 bucks. I go, go, go back. <laughs> I told you, it's the third day of the show, and you're finally making money. So it was, it's real psycho- psychological, and you have to represent what you're doing. And I would kick people away who want to hang out or can I put my books here or my bags here? <laughs> I hate that. And if someone wants to sleep, they got to go back to the room. So there was a lot of that. Yeah. But now um, I've been doing shows with, I've been doing shows for a long time, but I started first five years on my own, but I still do them by myself. But when I learned that only one I could who gets it is when I do a table with Franco. We don't have to communicate. We set up. We don't have to tell each other anything. And then we we just do it. But now it's the big difference now is that I don't stand anymore. I haven't been standing since about 2005, 2000, well, about 2007, right when Tiny Titans came out. I was able to sit and draw. Yeah. And it's real different now. Bec- and that's when I, the outfits kept getting more and more. I think when we first <laughs> met G. Russo and Jacob, yeah. we had, that was the first time where I told Franco, we have to start dressing the same. We have to be, because the whole thing, I love the team aspect. Like you go to, if you go to watch the White Sox, one guy's not wearing a blue shirt. They're all yeah. the same. And, you, and so I really like that. And I really like the early Beatles. They all had suits on. Yeah. I love that. And I watched, um, I went to a few concerts with the Mighty Mighty Boston's. And yeah, they all had suits. suits. Yeah. And I loved it. Even the guy dancing and getting all sweaty had a suit. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. And Devo, there's just guys that you just know, like even Kiss, they're all they're all on the same team. They're all thinking they're literally of literally uniform. Yeah. They're yeah. in a costume and uniform. Yeah. So that's my so you have to put it on. Like I go home, I don't I go home, I'm daddy. And I, I yell at people. And then I come over here, I'm I'm happy and I got a tie. <laughs> so, you know? I only yell at the kids, but there's so many in my house now. You know, but, I, um, <laughs> I, I had a very similar, a number of years ago, I looked around, like, everybody, everybody's wearing a T-shirt. Yeah. Everyone's wearing, and I just said, I'm wearing collared shirts at conventions. That's yeah. it. You know, I don't have to tuck them in, but I'm wearing a collared shirt yeah. behind that table. And it'll just look. It looks a little professional. Like, I know what I'm, like, you know, I, I care a little bit more. Yeah. Not that, the, not that I care more than the next guy, but that I just care more about how I'm he, presenting myself. It looks, it's all about presentation. The whole thing is presentation. Yeah. Everything you do here. Everything. You are your own comic book cover. Yeah. I mean, I went to, <laughs> I used, I would go to parties and bring lady scarves to put on my neck. So when I go to the party, <laughs> everybody would notice that that guy with the lady scarf was at the party. And then they see you and then I say, oh, you were the guy wearing the scarf. And you know that that's like a, yeah. that's like a pickup artist technique, right? Is it? You know that? <laughs> I would do that to get a job. I'd talk about the editors. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a ser- there's a book years ago called The Game. Mm-hmm. All about the secret society of pickup artists, and they have this whole premise that you wear one outlandish thing. They yeah. call it peacocking. 
Oh wow! And that gets all the yeah, attention. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. And it's a conversation starter, and it makes you memorable instantly when you walk into a room. It does. So you wear like a pirate hat or something idiotic. Uh huh. People will notice. So you were wearing lady scarves. You invented it. Yeah, I did a lot of stuff like that. I, so I still tried to do that stuff. So you, <laughs> so you talk about it as terms in terms of it was all in the, in the effort to sell the book, present yourself in a certain way. Yeah. There's also, and this is, this might be. Jumping to conclusions, but I read the Big Amoeba. Yeah. So the Big Amoeba is the closest thing I've seen of yours to autobio. Yeah, that's a true story. Kind of thing. So the the whole sort of opening thrust of that, you know, your your Act One and Act Two mm-hmm. is art wants to be famous and yeah. wants to win awards. Yeah. And you even to this day, when you're on podcasts or you introduce yourself, I'm Art Balthazar, famous cartoonist. Famous cartoonist. Yeah. yeah. I never. That's how you do it. So <laughs> it has to be in your head. Something enough, right? Everybody has to believe it. So, <laughs> world champion Chicago White Sox. See, can never take it away now. But you look <laughs> at you look at what you do, mm-hmm. and you do it well. But you're doing something that, in this day and age, especially in the world of comics, mm-hmm. people look at it and go, "What, kid, kids, kids stuff?" Yeah. Like what? What? But you're you're making it work mm-hmm. in a way that that I think a lot of people can't quite understand. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the the, the question that I'm getting to is i think this is the question i'm getting to now that you are sort of famous mm-hmm. relatively in the world of comics people in, know who you are in the comic world yeah. world yeah people you've reached a level of recognition and fame which <laughs> i don't want to spoil the big amoeba uh-huh. but you learn a lesson in that yeah it's not all about fame no yeah but now that you've reached that level do you ever still feel because you're doing kid stuff and because you're doing cartoony stuff and you're doing work that isn't necessarily the hot, hot thing. Do you still feel like you are an other? That you no. Don't? No? I feel like... Did you ever feel like you were an other? You must have at some point. I always felt that it was me. I'm doing my thing. I never... I I just... Last few years, I got to draw the whole DC universe. And so that's something that I never thought I'd be able to do for the Super Pet book. And... um I think it's... I think it's a comic industry, and I'm one of those guys in there. Right. But... I do think it's a. I don't. I don't know if it sounds funny, but I kind of, almost feel like this is how you do it. Look what I'm doing. This is it. <laughs> this is how you do it. You don't do stupid things. You don't do. You you would disagree with people who tell you that you're wrong. You know. I don't, you just, I mean, if anybody wants to draw kids comics, there's a way to do it. And my friend Katie Cook. They asked her how how are she successful, and she says, "I do everything art does." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, Katie, that's that's right. She does." And I look at what she does, and she does exactly. It's on the same path. So it's like, kind of like a, a you got to crack the formula, and you got to figure it out. I've seen interactions, yeah, in, in clips, and then just being at shows, where they're still, you know, grown ups. Who like the stuff you're doing are entertained by it. Yeah. But they seem to think, it's almost like they think you're doing it ironically. No, this is how I draw. No, I know, I know. <laughs> but like, they'll be, you know, I remember I, I heard one of them say like, don't you ever want to do a story where, yeah. you know, like. You Clark know, a real Lowe's, comic? Yeah, like yeah. Clark and Lowe's do this. Or don't you ever want to do a thing where, um, uh, or, or they'll see coloring with the crayons, like, come on, crayons? Yeah. Like, they think it's all a big joke. Yeah. It's not. 
It's like so. No, that's you know, it. There's there's irony and sincerity, and you are being you sincerely want to make comics for kids that you remind you of the stuff you liked as a kid, like all the stuff. And it's the stuff I know. It's what yeah. I know. I, and I uh, does that well, frustrate you when people assume you want to do something else? That that if no, you, no? I, no, don't get me mad and frustrated. But I always ask them why, why, why do you want? What do you want me to say? You want me to bash Marvel or something? Oh no, yeah, I saw I, you, you know? do an incredible deflection of a guy. Yeah, who you were you were coloring in crayons. He's like, really crayons? You got Greg Horn sitting across from <laughs> you, and you, without even missing a beat, go. Greg Horn's a good man. <laughs> it's like I don't even know. Did you even hear? You just heard a name and went with Greg, whatever the name would but, have been. Well, one guy told me, I can't believe I waited in your line. I'm a, I'm a 40 year old man, and I waited for you to draw uh, for a crayon sketch. I said that's nothing. I'm 44, and I drew you that crayon sketch. And 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 they're like, oh yeah, I feel better about it. <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't. I don't get upset when when um, I don't get upset personally when people say stuff. But the thing that the only thing that is a is a weird spot is when when people if people say you know oh you draw cartoons do you ever draw real comics you know like real ones or they or they don't recognize cartoonists as comic book artists like the one guy who really defends me is Darwin Cook and he because he's a cartoonist yeah to me he's cartoonist all the way but he's in the middle where he's a comic book artist too yeah but. When you look at, to me, I look at him, that's cartoony. It's like Will Eisner's a cartoonist. Absolutely. And there's guys like, I look at John Byrne, we we're just looking at John Byrne comics. To me, that's comic book artist. But he could still be in the cartooning. But, like, Darwin Cook is the guy who's, who kind of blends it together. And I remember he defended me one time. Somebody was saying something to me. You're just a cartoonist and this and that. And they were saying it right to me. And Darwin Cook, I forget what they were saying because I tuned it out. And then Darwin Cook got right in his face. He goes, oh, yeah? Well, where are your two Eisners? <laughs> and then the guy stopped yelling. <laughs> so I was like, way to go, Darwin. Thanks, man. <laughs> so that really happened. Yeah, no, I, believe, I, I certainly <laughs> believe. I've never met Darwin, but I've heard stories. I've certainly, I can yeah, certainly believe awesome. him getting in someone's face. Yeah, he's cool. He's a good man. You, do, you have such a persona, such a strong persona. And I'll even admit, when I first saw this persona, I was like, come on, this is, it's a lot. It's a lot of persona. <laughs> oh, yeah, persona? <laughs> if you only know you as convention art, yeah, you can almost go like, it's, it's, it's too much persona. Is that anything you ever think about? Do, do you know, do people have that opinion of, do you think about, you don't care, right? I'm the same guy all the time. And, um, it's turned on a little bit more convention. Yeah, it's turned on yeah. more. But my whole philosophy about life itself Keep all the good stuff, get rid of all the bad stuff. Anything negative, get rid of it. How do you get rid of it? I get rid of it. It's like <laughs> if the shoe's too tight, do you keep wearing them or you throw them away? Just get rid of it. Sure. If there's a problem somewhere, figure out a way to solve it. Solutions, you know? Everybody goes through rough patches. Find a way to get out of it. Find a way to fix it. That's it. Fix it. <laughs> I mean, I fix been fixing a lot of stuff but don't let bad stuff destroy your world because it will yeah and i have the legendary 1993 year that i never talk about and ever since then nothing can hurt me i know that so 93 would have been <laughs> i'm trying to think so you would have started yeah working you were self-publishing which means mm -hmm. you were making no money nope and my first book came out in 94 for a reason Got 93 it. sucked real bad 
So, but, so the events, the events of the big amoeba. Yeah. The book was published in 2008. Yeah. But it, like the sketches and stuff in the back from 2003. Yeah. yeah. That represents what period of your life? It's got to be post because he knew Franco, so it had to be. Yeah, post. that was um, Patrick the Wolf Boy. I was making. Okay. It was before I did any work with Disney too. Right. All right. So 93 is the secret year. That's gonna be yeah, a secret. That's, all, that's gonna yeah. be a secret. All yet, the last all yet podcast. We were trying to do a Kickstarter thing for a thousand dollars. I'll do a podcast and explain 1993, but can't do it. I was like, nah, I don't want to talk about it. it. Sucks real bad. Is it just? Is it? Is it hard to talk about? Uh, you don't want You don't want to go back there. Is it part of getting rid of the bad stuff? No, I could talk about it. I mean, we, don't, we don't have to talk about it now. No, I'm, just, I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I got this isn't this I isn't got, me fishing. I got for the rid story. of all that bad stuff. It's gone. It's yeah, gone this, forever. This isn't me fishing for the story. This is me understanding the the ability to. Yeah. But you get to a point release where, it. you know, you get to a point where after a while, all the bad stuff is real easy to fix. You get rid of it. And there's so much stuff that happens to everybody's life that could bring you down, can destroy your world. And you just get rid of that stuff. Think positive. It's like I was at the Superman celebration a few weeks ago. Yeah. And everybody's under a tent because it was pouring rain outside. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, uh, man. Like everybody, man, what a lousy weekend, you know? Everything's raining. But meanwhile, I'm I'm dressed in a costume. I had a cape. My kids had <laughs> costumes on. We're trying to stay dry. It's about 90 degrees out. It's real humid. And then they had a costume contest. So all the characters' paint was running off their face. And there was a guy on stage dressed as Superman who looked like Superman. The muscles, the hair. He was, He's the official Metropolis Superman. So the MC got on there and said, oh, too bad, well, I apologize for the rain. It's just a lousy weather. And he goes, what do you think, Superman? He says, farmers need to make a living, too. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> See? He just destroyed all the bad stuff and made it good, made it in positive. Silver lining. Yeah. Farmers need to make a living. So that's that was the perfect, the most recent. That was an awesome moment. And that's kind of like the way of thinking. Make it good, you know? One of the other things when we first met... One of the things that struck me is that you, you play your cards close to the vest. We were talking over, and you were you were making fun of me because I was telling you ideas I oh, had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were like, because you like, said, <laughs> do you have a one or twins pitch? Yeah, now I do. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're making me feel like, wait, what did I just do? Because I barely knew you. I knew you by reputation. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I can tell you. was like the first time we met. Yeah. Yeah, like, sure. You could tell me your let's story talk shop. About your Aquaman idea. Sure. Oh, it's still <laughs> such a good idea. It'll never happen, but I still think it's a great idea. <laughs> the fact that you remember that it was one of the twins in Aquaman tells me it was a good idea. Yeah, it was. That was years ago. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at in more recent times, you know, Titans, Titans ended. Superman yeah. And family adventures happened. Yeah. And then that ended. Yeah. So the question is, as somebody who's doing self-published work for so long. Yeah. Working in the trenches for so long, when the Titan stuff came along. You, know, you didn't know how long it was going to last. You didn't know what was going to happen. No, I had no it. idea. Once it started to take off, was the attitude like, yes, we've made it. Here we go. Goodbye, small press. Or was it an attitude of, we got to make this, we got to ride this wave and never forget that at some point we're going to be back? No, I never, I never was going to go back. Okay. I was going to continue doing both. Got I it. was looking for an opportunity to keep going with my own characters. But now I could pay my bills. Yeah. I can make a living. We could buy a house, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And at, when I first got Tiny Titans, I was working real hard at that, and my wife was still working. Remember, she told me to quit. Yeah. And then years later, when I started making Tiny Titans, Super Pets, and I was writing Shazam, I asked my wife to quit her job so I could work on all these things, and she did. 
Nice. And, and she um, she quit, and it was hardest thing I know she ever had to do because she's given up her everything. And what was she doing? What was she was working in a bank, human resources, okay. hiring and firing people. She would go to banks, walk in, and they're like, oh, Rose Baltazar's here. Uh oh, wait, everybody get to work. Pick up the broom, you know. Well, she's like a real sweet lady. Yeah, she's cool. <laughs> But she'd walk out of there, and somebody would lose a job. They oh. would send her. So that's, that's why they said her. That was, was her job. Sure. We're like, ah, oh, somebody's going home. So I asked her to, but now she's she's brilliant. She knows all that stuff, and now she works with me with, she does all the stuff that I, do, I don't want to do, all the business stuff. And she she told me recently, all you have to do is draw comics. I'll do everything else. So we work together. But she does everything else. And she, it was her idea. Well, you should just stay downtown this weekend. Just get a hotel room. <laughs> you don't need to keep driving back. Just stay there. It's easier. It's yeah. stress-free. See? Made it better. Got rid of the bad stuff there again. There you go. <laughs> right. It's true. All right. You love celebrities. You love meeting yeah. celebrities. Yeah. You've met a bunch of them. Yeah. At, at the Oh Yeah store, you have autographed pictures. Yeah. Who's on your I want to meet these people list? Hulk Hogan. Okay. I got to meet Hulk Hogan. I wanted to meet Michael Jordan for a long time, but he kind of, I'd still want to meet him. But it's Hulk Hogan. I'd love to meet the new actors from Superman. Okay. I would love to meet, um, I wish I met Christopher Reeve. I met Adam West a bunch of times. So it's kind of like I don't have one big person, maybe Hulk Hogan. I want to meet him. Now, these are all meetings like you meet, you shake your hand, you get an autograph. Yeah. Like, who do you want? But is there anybody that, that given the opportunity, you want to sit down with? Hang do like out. what we're doing or, or get a burger and just sort of hang out? I think 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, Will Smith would have been a lot of fun. Really? <laughs> but he would have been cool. I did not expect that answer to come. Like, Will Smith, no joke. Like, yeah, I don't think you'd be bored with him. But that would have been like Wild Wild West Will Smith, right? Maybe before that. What did he do? Independence Day? Yeah, around there. What did he do before that? Before Men in Black. The Men in sure. Black Will Smith. Around that time. Yeah. He, he would have been giant, fun. giant star. Yeah, he would have been not fun. Now, now, now he's a dad like me. We'd probably be good now. We'd probably watch the game or something, <laughs> watch boxing. All right, so Will Smith, that, that's your guy? No, that would have been that the guy 10 15, years 20 okay. years ago. I still like Hulk Hogan, but to hang out with, I don't know. I like Dean Kane was a real, lot of fun. But I like hanging out with the wrestler guys because I became friends with Christopher Daniels and Kaz from TNA Wrestling. Uh, I don't even know I like to are. hang out with them again. They're funny. But I never know what it's going to be. Like, I meet a lot of people, and lately when I meet people, they already know who I am because they read comics. Yeah. And it's real strange. Like, they knew who I was, the wrestlers knew who I was, and the bare naked ladies knew who I was. So they're like, oh my God. And I said, hey, Franco, come meet these guys. And bare naked ladies are like, Franco's here too? Where is he? So it's kind of. So I never know who I'm going to meet, but I, I like meeting celebrities and stuff. It's cool. Like I say, I was, I was at. Oh, yeah, comics yesterday. Yeah. I saw you meet a couple little kids. That's so cool to see. <laughs> it's yeah. the best. Because you're, you're a giant man. Yeah. What are you, 6'4"? Six, 6'3". Six, six, three. Six, three. About 2'30". These are tiny, like, you know, you're making comics for essentially kids, what, 6 to 11? Yeah. Roughly? I make them all ages, but I make a comic, like, people say all age comics means kids books, but to me it means kids are able to read these books. Right. But adults could, too. But, but in, yeah. in terms of, of who, do you, who do you get your most, you know, the strongest response from, I would imagine, is, is young kids. kids, right? Six, seven, eight. Yeah. yeah. Like Tiny Titans, yes, adults read it and they enjoy it. Yeah. And they, and they, they love the drawings but and the kids, whole thing. But the kids, they read it. Yeah. And the cool thing about it that I'm seeing happening now is 
they read Tiny Titans, they read Superman, they read Oh Yeah comics, they read Patrick the Wolf Boy and Super Pets. Yeah. And when they draw, give me drawings, all those guys are on there. Like all the books that I work on, all the characters are together. Even they don't under they don't. It doesn't matter that they're in different universes, different companies. They read them all together. And um, even my daughter drew Itty Bitty Hellboy with Action Cat <laughs> and and Crypto. They're all together on one thing. And it's amazing. It amazes me because kids get it. They get what these comics are. They're fun and they're make you know for kids. Yeah, <laughs> they're make believe. Yeah, and they're just cool. Kids. It's like when we were kids, we would play with Spider-Man would meet Batman and Superman and then they'd fight a He-Man bad guy and then oh, a yeah. Transformer would show up, you know, and then Luke Skywalker and... Oh, my... my you know, You'll like this only because I, I know you're Amigo guy. My yeah. Amigo Spider-Man was hanging out with my G.I. Joes. Yeah, and Planet and, of Apes. <laughs> and, and I was the kid that was like... These aren't like Spider-Man wasn't even Spider-Man. He was a different yeah. character. Like I imagined different costumes. They were superheroes. Every yeah. single one of them was a superhero that I would then draw, you know... It's true. Yeah, now we do it for a living. It's pretty crazy. Not bad, right? I like it. We did all right. Yeah. <laughs> We've done this all right. cool, man. Did we get all the questions? Let me see. <laughs> you got any questions? No, I'm good. I mean, I feel like we, we, I think we covered, I think we did all right. It was a good one. It's a personal right? one. Yeah. I liked it. It's yeah. good. <laughs> Thank you, Art. Awesome. You're a good you're man, Greg. No, you're a good man, oh, sir. Yeah, my brother. All right. Okay, bye-bye. You can't keep a good man. There'd be mistakes, and I made a few. No, oh, what a price I had to pay. There you go. Nice hour with Art Balthazar. Hope you enjoyed that. Here's what's interesting. After we talked, as I mentioned in the beginning, we were at the ALA conference. So we went over there. And Chris Giruso asked me to watch his table for a bit while he went on to a panel. So I tried Art's techniques. I stood, hands behind my back, made eye contact, smiled. And it either works or the librarians at the ALA conference are just very interested in comics. I say we split the difference. Say it's a little bit of both. Librarians are interested in comics. I am very charming will call the whole thing off. I can tell you this much, my voice didn't sound like this at the LA conference. And to ensure that it doesn't keep something like this, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off here, give you the usual bits of business, stuffsaidshow.com for show notes, other episodes, etc. You can leave comments. You can email me, stuffsaid at gmail.com. I mentioned in the beginning, Twitter at stuffsaidshow. Go into iTunes rate the show five stars leave a review that says something nice come on listen to me I'm in great despair lift my spirits if my voice cannot be lifted lift my spirits with a nice review on iTunes in addition to the website and iTunes the show is also available via the Acme Wave Projector network acmewaveprojector.com theme song for the show is by Craig Chin at rudeanagrams.com and for more about me, Greg Shegel, go to hatterentertainment.com h-a-t-t-e-r entertainment.com alright, that's it I gotta go rest my voice so that's about all the stuff I have left to say I'll see you next time oh yeah, oh yeah man
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yes. Mm. Can I talk in telephone? La, 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 la.